Welcome to Mystic Grace Podcasts. This is podcast number 13, Becoming the DJ of Your Own Life, Healing Sounds with Barry Goldstein. What joy, what loving destiny. Podcast number 13 is born in Phoenix, Arizona. I take a flight from Las Vegas to meet up with my dear Alaskan friends to see the Botanical Garden Electric Light Show. Las Noches de las Luminaries. I will be there for just three days. But tape recorder in hand, I have listened to my spiritual guidance tell me that we will do the 13th podcast in Phoenix. I am excited and grateful, and I'm very curious because I do not know who, what, when, or how. But the moment I step off the plane at Sky Harbor Airport, I feel like I just want to play. Something feels lighter and quite jubilant, like the sky has opened up a little more, and my heart is so happy. Yet it is the month of December, and I am remembering my dear friend Ellen, who died a year ago, as well as my own mother's anniversary death. Checking my emails, I see my old friend Barry Goldstein has given an interview about his music and sound healing with a lovely singer and sound healer by the name of Geraldine Glass. I know that he lives in Phoenix somewhere with his wife, and although I haven't seen him in a few years, I decide to reach out to him. We had worked together many years ago in his recording studio in New York City, creating my CD called The Trilogy. The first part is about my mother's transition, and the other two parts are two separate healing meditations. I give him a call to do the podcast with me, and it's a go. We meet at his house, and I am introduced to his beautiful dog, Woody, who stays with us for the entire session. Barry and I both know that after all of these years, our meeting on this day is no coincidence. It is my 13th podcast on the 13th of December. And as we sit quietly together listening to one of Barry's latest creations, getting our hearts centered, I know exactly what this podcast will be about. In our great friendship for the love of sound healing, we have been given this opportunity to reconnect with one another at this very special time of year. Surely, my mother has pulled some heartstrings on the other side, and now perhaps Barry's folks as well. And we all wish to follow our heartstrings, right? Stirring the emotions and creating a bridge of love and peace Music has always been the language of our soul. Barry feels that each human being is seated in that divine language and that each soul has its own musical vibrations which penetrate even the most hardened of hearts. He has formulated a three-step heart-song breathing process which he describes in his beautiful book entitled The Secret Language of the Heart. We actually do this exercise during our recording so that you can follow along and try it for yourself. Because of Barry's deepest longing to heal his own heart in the music business, he began creating sounds and frequencies beyond the barrier of his own suffering. He felt that no one would be interested in this kind of music that he was producing. And yet, when he was ready to share his Ambiology series, people fell in love with it. I was one of them. When my mother was diagnosed with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
She struggled with the pain of that for seven years and then died. I wanted to reach out to hospice families and also build a healing center. I understood that the last sense to go in the dying process was hearing. So I needed some kind of music that I felt was loving, ethereal, and would comfort everyone. Barry and his music came to me in the early part of 2000. We began work on the CD, Windfall of Life, which is a musical story about my mother's death. Seven years later, we would create the trilogy series, which added two more pieces of work, the guided meditations of Windfall of Light and Windfall of Love. Barry's music is pure magic for me, and I cannot tell you how proud I am to be a part of his life's work. He even has music for pets, called Pet Waves. His talent now spreads to the corners of the world, collaborating with great inspirational speakers such as Anita Morjani, Joe Dispenza, and Dr. Amen. As his music seeps into the heart of the medical field, Dr. Donise Warden, a naturopathic medical doctor and Barry's wife, work passionately together to present to the world the scientific data as well as the soulful spiritual expressions of sound healing. You will hear Barry's musical voyage called Cosmic Consciousness play throughout this recording. And for all of his other music, information, and website, please go to barrygoldsteinmusic.com. You can connect with him through iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, and Spotify. Like the legendary phoenix rising from its ashes, the fear and burn of grief is no more. The healing power of music has shattered the illusion of death. Our hearts are transformed and we are reborn. Welcome to podcast number 13 from Phoenix, Arizona. I am sitting here in the most gorgeous professional studio of my dearest and oldest friend that I've known for about 12 or 13 years, that I met 12 or 13 years ago, Barry Goldstein. And say hello, Barry. Hi. I'm so, <laughs> so glad to be here spontaneously. I am telling you, I have not seen this man for a few years now. Yeah, it's been a few years. Yep, we haven't <laughs> been in touch in a long while, uh, but I, I have kept in touch with you a little bit through your own uh, music celebration on this planet and your work, you know, in the arts of music and your healing work, especially with tones and vibration of the heart and. 
really, it's really Barry's vibration and his intentions of what he wanted to do is how I got to know him. He's very futuristic. And even though he comes from New York, no, that's okay. Nothing against New Yorkers, but New York, I, he, I that's where I met him in New York City. And he had a, a great little place and poured his heart and soul into working his um, very first uh, CD series called Ambiology. And when you heard this music, you were just transported into some kind of a floating chamber you know, in another space and time. And this is what I was looking for coming from Mystic, Connecticut um, after my mother died of cancer. And I said, I'm going to build a healing center for cancer patients and other people that need to heal. And I need someone who can transpose an entire uh, atmosphere with very cool, spacey, loving, <laughs> out of this world, music where do i find this person and you your name was given to me i was in las vegas by then by meg blackburn meg blackburn yes yeah, yeah, originally yeah. and i said do you know somebody i want to build uh, a, a sound healing dome a very futuristic one piece monolithic sound healing dome i want to put crystals in the in the walls and i went to little little italy texas to learn how to build these things <laughs> and i remember the instruction the instructor there uh david south was his name and he goes okay what what do you want to do? And I said, I want to build a crystal dome. And he actually writes it on the blackboard, crystal dome. <laughs> I said, uh, okay, so nothing's beyond the, the South Brothers anyway, because they're building these domes, right? And so then the next thing was like, well, I've got to have somebody that can take this idea of mine or this feeling that I have about this healing chamber in a, in a dome-shaped kind of uh, energy field and bring in this really cool music. And then I was given your name and that is how we began. Yeah. 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 And I remember um, to your, you, I think your mom had just passed, right? 1995. Yep. Yeah. And you were, really looking for ways to bring more healing into the world. Because like so many of us, you know, um, with illnesses and, and chronic degenerative diseases, you just get frustrated with the system. And we're just looking for a, a, more, a calmer, sweeter, right? And more gentle way to work with, um, you know, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies during illness. Exactly. And I think that was your driving force that really, you know, seeded what you were doing. But it was also that voice that came to me, you know, and said, you can heal yourself. You right. know, with color, right. sound, and that. vibration, right, right, shook me to the very yes. core. It was in yes. 1987, actually, before my mother died. And then because of this shout from the other side, uh, it was like, holy mackerel. And where do you send a mother who's got stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma from on the East Coast to um, other alternative or futuristic uh, healing centers that are working conventional methods and also alternative methods? There was only two places in the entire United States, and they're both in California, and they both had one year waiting list. Okay, great. You got stage four cancer. Yeah, let's right. wait another year. <laughs> and then, sure. yeah, then the voice was like that. And then, like, you can heal yourself. So that, that was like a shout from the other side. And I feel like sitting here at Barry, it's almost like it's 
so trippy in a way because like, <laughs> I never expected. I knew I wanted to do another podcast from Phoenix, but and I and my guides are going like tape 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 recorder. We're going to do podcast. I'm like, well, with whom? Like where? Like how? And today I saw you on doing another interview, and I went like. There's my dear old friend Barry Goldstein. I said, <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, would he then, you know, is he available? And it's like, and here I am. And it's the 13th of December, right? And yeah. it's the 13th episode. Yes, yes. So obviously, uh, the energy is aligning for us to do this. Very, so, very much so. so. So, welcome to my mothership. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's actually a cafe called that in Henderson, uh, Nevada, near Las Vegas, the Mothership uh, Cafe, but it's a coffee shop. You know what? I think that if anywhere were to, anyone were to come here in this particular room, right where you have it, and you close those doors and you put your music on, you would also be, you know, in, in, encapsulated in, in a mothership. Your music was all about that. Barry, it was all about taking the natural star-seeded energy field of the human divine being and bringing them back home. And that is what I looked for back in, in the first beginning of, after my mother died in 1995. And I kept saying, someone knows how to take these notes, you know, from every cell and every you know all the dna of a, of a human being and put it into your heart and get it out there so if the piano keys are yours I yeah yours. you know i didn't know what i was doing when i was actually doing it i was just like many of us you know i was looking for something else because as you know i was in the the conventional music business and you know music had become a real job for me so my search you know for something different that was more explorative um, came through my own healing process of trying to reconnect with my own heart because I had kind of, you know, I had gotten into music. You know, my wish was that I could do it and support myself. And then that happened, right? And it became a job, you know? So in search of connecting back to my own heart, I started to create these compositions, you know, which became the Ambiology series. But I, I thought nobody would listen to these. They're like hour-long pieces. I didn't even think I'd play them for people, you know, because it was really for me to... So you did it for yourself, for your own yeah. healing well-being. Absolutely, yeah. And it, and it was really, what if I took myself out of the process of taking 100 hours to record a pop song, right? And oh I just let myself, the music come through me and then intuitively create layers, kind of very similar to painting, you know, like when you find a beautiful color, you like you start painting with it and then it becomes something else because you start to put other layers that blend with it. Um, but not knowing where, you know, those layers would start because I, I really was composing the music in a meditative state, you know, and I was um, the research that I had done when I was started the series was that our hearts um, at a tempo of 60 beats per minute is where we are at a relaxed state. And I said, okay, that's going to be my only criteria. You know, I'm <laughs> going to keep my metronome at 60 beats per minute because I want to come back into my heart. I was in my head, you know, not my heart in, in becoming a professional producer. So that was really the intention of coming back home to the heart 
and just allowing the music to flow through me as opposed to me thinking of it. And I call it, instead of a compositional process, it was more like a decompositional, a decomposing of me. I just picked up a notebook today. Yeah. You know, those composition notebooks that you had to have in your right, school. Yes. And I just picked it up and it says... Decomposition book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> so she's showing me that. Uh, yeah, I'm, that showing, I'm showing him a notebook I just picked up in the Whole Foods, actually. And it says decomposition. I went like, oh, all my school years, <laughs> all the school days. Right. Composition, composition, composition. Well, well, you think about it, though, right? Composition is in our mental analytical mind when we're doing compositions in school. But the decompositional part is when we let ourselves just kind of go and create, you know, and create more of a free fall. And that's really, you know, as I said, what ambiology was about was that free falling process of trusting, right? And but the only intention of knowing that my final destination would be my heart. And those, you know, those compositions really got me through, you know, um, some pretty challenging times and stressful times. And it opened up another whole avenue for me of what music could be. Well, you were living so. in New York City. You come from New York City. It's, <laughs> you know, it's uh, moving fast there all the time. And also the initial ambiologies, it's interesting, were like if you listen to the heart, which is the name of ambiology one and the breath, they were very much more in the water essence. Oh, so any sounds you're hearing in the That's background. Woody. That's Woody. It's Woody, my dog. And he's a great sound healer. He loves hanging out in this room. Oh, he, he does. He loves yeah. the sound and, and energy of the room. All animals, all creatures. All yeah, them. yeah. But those were very much water and, you know, the water energy. And when I later played them for people, they said, wow, this is like, it feels like it's an embryo, you know. And they, then they started using them for birthing children into the world especially that one, the heart. So I think they've kind of moved um, from the birthing process, you know, and then um, and the breath was very ethereal. That was number two. And then three was the journey, right? Which was yes. much more contemplative, right? It had beautiful pianos that kind of take you inward. Right. And then four was home, which was about the environment. And then they started kind of moving out of the environment upward into a more cosmic sound. So Eden, right, which um, yes, yes. you remember Ned, right? Yes, yes. Ned Dougherty, yes. yes. Uh, Who he listened to Eden and said, wow, that was the sound that he heard. He had a, had a near-death experience. Oh, right. He said he heard that on the other side. You know, so it, was a, it started moving into a more cosmic sound. And Genesis, which was the sixth one, was very minimalistic and very, also very cosmic. Um, and now I've been moving much more into, you know, when I say cosmic, I, I'm, you know, what I think of is tapping into that unlimited, expansive field, you know, and using the heart, right? You starting with the cosmic heart, <laughs> right? You know, which we all have, as you said, we have a seed of that within us. So it's connecting the cosmic heart, you know, which is in our physical bodies to the universal, uh, and unlimited heart. You know, which is where we find all the great stuff. We find all the great stuff. And yet, I think we have to 
teach the young people again where to find that again because they're looking for these they're looking for this cosmic experiences or many people are looking for the cosmic experiences by doing other things that may not, may not necessarily invoke the heart right. you know or the intelligence of the heart so you evolve all these different drugs and you know different stuff or yeah. Uh, and uh, they're lo lo they get lost out there when they don't know that their own energy field is the is the right. plant is the right. So either they're trying to get there, you know, through alternative methods, like you said, synthetic methods, right? Or, you know, they try to over occupy or stimulate stimulate the mind by not going there at all, right. right? And staying in the analytical. So, you know, I think that there's there's not a lot of teachings out there that teach us how to reconnect with our own hearts, which I feel is like our oldest, most powerful technology, you know, that exists. Because when we can connect to what I call our inner symphony, you know, which is our heartbeat, our breath, you know, our sigh when we release our breath, outward, you know, this is how um, we communicate with our heart's intelligence which is much different from our brain's intelligence. You know, that's when the heart comes forward and we begin to talk to it and have this conversation where we begin listening to it, listening to our heartbeat, listening to our breath. And that's where we get our gut feelings. So you can analyze, which is, I'm not saying not to, you know, if you have something that's going on in your life, first you do diligence, right? You look it up, like <laughs> what's going on here, right? Yeah. Um, you, look up, you look at the technology, you, you research it, and then there comes a point where you really have to go into the heart and say, how does this feel? Now that I've uh, analyzed the wisdom of using my brain, how can I use my heart's wisdom and see if it resonates with me, right? Because if it doesn't, all that research and wisdom that, you know, that you've researched, it doesn't matter if they're not working together. Well, you have so. the experience of that, Barry, because you've lived on this earth plane for a number of years and you've gone through uh, periods of trauma and drama and whatever. You come out the other side and you've taught yourself how to go back into the heart or, and and I, I have as well, those of us that are in our 60s or 50s or on, but these, these kids today in their, between the, well, the teenagers into the, they, they're not, they've disconnected. If you could, if you could reteach or show uh, how to do this again um, without getting into trouble with other synthetic ways and means or what have you, what, what would you do? What would you tell if you had a whole bunch of, have you ever had a whole bunch of teenagers? Like, you know, you do yeah. tell them, yeah. shut yeah. the God blessed cell phone off and like do you teach them that they're their own cell phone or they have their own sure and i think you know that's really it. it's not like this complicated technology you know but we've taken it out of our school systems where we used to you know put our hand on our heart and pledge allegiance to the flag right. every morning kids used to touch their heart and feel their own heartbeat oh, right yeah. and right. but right. we don't have that in our schools anymore so I think it, that's where it starts, is creating an intimate relationship with your heart. Even if you're just put, placing your hands on your heart and closing your eyes and trying to tap in to a, an elevated emotion, uh, which you know I can define that as like being compassionate or being kind or For being you, thankful. To yourself. 
to yourself first, absolutely. Yeah. So feeling that and, and bringing that into your heart. You know, HeartMath has done some amazing studies that show when you move to these emotions with your heart and placing your hands on your heart starts that, that, you know, that when they did tests to detect people's heart rates, that when they moved into these states of compassion and kindness and gratitude, their heart started to create these smooth, orderly rhythms. So, you know, if you think of our hearts as kind of the, um, the rhythm of our orchestra, is sending out signals to our body. So when we begin to send out those smooth, orderly rhythms, what's happening in our physical body is, you know, our systems are beginning to work together, you know, and where's the other way around, when we're sending out, you know, um, resistance or resentment, right, or unforgiveness or anger, right, our heart is is sending out disorderly rhythms. So if you picture, you love drum circles and drums. If you picture everybody banging their own different rhythms, right, and what does that sound like? Well, I can tell you every Thursday night it sounded a little peculiar because I would just have everyone in the circle come drag themselves from work in their whatever they did all day long, come, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock at night and everybody pick up a drum and go ahead and just drum. And I, and the, the, wow, it was so disconnected. Discordant, right? <laughs> Very discordant, but I, but some were angry and some were this and, you know, the, 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 the heartbeat, the, the beats were very, very different, but I just let it go on for a while just to just get that angst out right. of Absolutely. the, you Absolutely. know, of their, of their day or what their frustrations, whatever. And then I would go like, oh, that's it. You know, stop, <laughs> stop. Right. And we would do the, and then we do these rounds. And you said, right, then it comes into the heartbeat. You do start with a basic heartbeat, right, to get everybody in alignment and just so they, yes. they know they can synchronize to bum, something. Bum. Simple, right? right. And yeah. so it's the yeah. same thing within our bodies, you know, as well. So if you think about that as being our day, what they were getting out, right? <laughs> all these different things coming at you, yeah. right? And all these different energies and people's different rhythms. And that's what it's like to our, our energy field, right? On a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. And then what we talked about, right? Coming back to the heart, you know, and what we can what we can teach our younger people today is just keep when you experience that discordance and that's taking up your field and you're giving away your energy to all these other situations, to take these like five minute breaks where you're just placing your hands on your heart and breathing in and out through your heart and getting to know your heart. What does that feel like? Because we don't we don't really integrate any of those situations that happen in our day. You know, we occupy our minds. We go into Facebook during our lunch hour. What would happen if you went inward, right? And I said this to, to my wife. Wouldn't it be cool instead of worrying so much about likes, right, on Facebook that we worried about love, <laughs> right, in here and just took a few minutes to connect with the energy, being more gentle with ourselves, breathing in and out through your heart. And what is what did your heart say? you know, about that situation. Like, you know, you came in, right, and you were running around and moving around the whole day, and then you hit a place where we just listened to some music, right? And you yes. said, I knew, I know exactly what this is about now. Right, because so that's, that, that's, that's, that's how I met yeah. you. That's I, that I, I was looking for something. I was looking for a, a certain sound. For me, it's, it's if you want to tap more into the heart, you have to create a conversation with it. And how do you create a conversation? You listen, 
right? I listen to you, you listen to me, and we talk, right? right? So you listen to your heart and then you ask it a question. So how does this feel? Is this the right thing for me to move forward in? And you know what? You usually get a feeling in your body that's a yes or a no. You feel nauseous when you ask the question or you get a pain in your neck or it feels beautifully open and expansive and you're like, okay, I'm, I know where to go. I know what to do. So it's like anything else. It's a discipline and you really have to do it every day. Create your own program where you're just placing your hands on your heart, breathing in and out of your heart, listening to it, feeling your own vibration because we all have our own unique, what I call a heart code. You know, you've come here with this own, your own vibration. I've come with my own vibration. You know, there are times when we're going to be in harmony together. And there are times when you're going to go your way and I'm going to go mine and that's okay. But it's all about becoming, you know, your own sound healer by knowing what resonates with your heart. So even in listening to the music you listen to, you know, your heart is always telling you, I don't like that. Right. That doesn't resonate with me. It feels like chalk on a board or I love this music. Right. And so, uh, and I think that's really important too, because, you know, we're moving to a day and age where people are so obsessed with what frequency things are in, you know, in terms of what frequencies are used and what frequency is, is this and what's that in. But it's also really important that you resonate with the composition, you know, that's within the music. It's not just the frequency, you know, it's a recipe, you know, of composition, of frequency, of the emotion in the music, the intention behind the composer when he created it. Exactly. If you have two teachers teaching uh, the same thing and one you can listen to and one you can't hear at all, they know the same things, they know whatever, but one is not resonating or is not uh, being able to, to deliver right. exactly. the message. Um, uh, I have to tell you, uh, Barry, that my nieces, one in particular, listened to your music and B- Barry and I had, uh, did a CD together. Three. We three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Called the Trilogy. Yes, and, and my And my niece, uh, Abby, listened to your music and my story, I don't know, maybe 50 times, 70 times, she went to sleep with it. Mm-hmm, at night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and you're and so your music because of the reason why you you did it uh went out into the cosmos and went out it took some time you know mm-hmm. to do that but you never gave up on that this is one of the things today that these everything it's instant everything everybody wants something like instant or uh and so it's not following you have to get, like a, like you said, get back into your heart. If someone were to put their hand over their heart, what kind of, it, what if they only had 30 seconds, Barry? That's all, yeah, that's all you really need. I mean, the, the, the breathing process that I do is a three breath process. Okay. So we can even do it together. Let's do it. Okay, so right. if you place your hand on your heart, okay. right, um, the first breath is gonna be anchoring your feet on the ground. So you're connecting to Mother Earth. Right, And this breath is all about knowing that you're safe, knowing that you're nurtured, knowing that you're taken care of, knowing that your vision is rooted in the world. And then you just, you know, you close your eyes and you bring your breath all the way up through the bottom of your feet, feeling that into your heart and then releasing it. 
So that's connecting with the Divine Mother. So now we're anchored into the Mother. So you're anchored okay. into the Earth, mm -hmm. right? And so the next breath is connecting to the Divine Father. So if you visualize that breath coming through the top of your head, and this breath is about surrendering, releasing control, right? Connecting to that expansive field where you know everything is possible, right? And to know that you have assistance and you have guidance that is with you, assisting you at all the time, right? And so then we bring that breath in through the top of our head, all the way down to the heart, and we release it. So when you're doing this, you're releasing the stresses in your lower physical body, right? You're releasing the stresses in your upper body. You're also releasing emotional weight that you carry in your lower three energy centers or your chakras. And so you're opening up your lower three chakras and your upper three chakras, right? And what's in the center is your heart, right? So you're creating a, a more clear um, passageway for energy to come to your heart. Because if you did it the other way around and just started with your heart, right, the energy is still... You may be emotionally uh, upset or something and where you're not quite grounded yet into... So remembering that we're a divine human being our feet are planted, you mm -hmm. know, on, on this earth, but it goes right into the middle of it, you know, visualizing yourself, the energy going down into the middle, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and then visualizing above the, the crown. Do you do the middle, Barry, or? Yeah, I mean, I basically do it to the top of my head in the, the, in the middle and then going down. And while I'm doing that, I'm like envisioning myself under a beautiful night sky, you know, with my arms held open, you know, and if... If, if the listeners can see a picture, it creates a vortex. Oh, right? really? So if you if you spread your legs, if you did this standing up, uh -huh. right, and you spread your legs uh, about shoulder length, right, it's creating right. a triangle, right? So Barry has his feet about uh, a foot and a half apart, you know, about mm -hmm. one or two feet. Yeah. Right, so it's creating okay. a triangle or a pyramid right, right. that's pointing right up to your heart. And this is my book as well. Oh. There's a diagram of this. It's called the Heart Song Breathing Process. Okay. And then you have an energy, right? You you have another vortex of energy going like this above your head. So my hands are above my head. Right. And that's creating another pyramid that's going here. So it's creating this big oh, X, right? right? That intersects in your heart. So visualize your body as an X. As an X. With arms outstretched or right. whatever arms you have. <laughs> to visualize that. Right. And then the, the feet to part as well, so that it becomes an X. Right. So when you start that energy moving that breath, it starts to move in a vortex, right? So around that X is creating a figure eight of energy that's going through the X. So if you now see an eight that's placed in that X, Right, with instead of um, solid lines, it would be dotted lines, right? That would be within that. Now you have this whole vortex of energy moving. And then the third breath is just simply integrating the divine masculine energy and the divine feminine energy. So you take the third breath in through your heart and then release it out through your heart. Yeah. You almost go on this journey of the, yeah. of the infinite eight. That's you know, right. and visualizing yeah. yourself. But you can also do this wherever you are. That's the Visualize. whole point. Because yeah. if you something's challenging in your day and you don't want it to snowball out of control and it's somebody else's energy you're taking on in a situation, you want to come back to your own vibration, right? So you can get clarity on the situation. Yeah, so X marks the spot. Yeah, and literally, you know, you can do 
five breaths in probably, you know, two minutes, you know, and you just really, you, you create a space that things open up. You're not letting that energy move out where you're giving your day away. Because for me, it's all about, okay, so why are we connecting with our hearts, right? Why do we want to be more heart-centered beings? And I think a lot of it comes about, comes into co-creation, right? We're in these human vessels because we want to create something here. We want to share something, right? And that creation comes from creator, Right. So we all have a calling, something that we're here to share that's in our heart. And if we give away all our energy in our day, right, we don't have much left to seed that. So the seeds are already there. That's where you started off in this interview. Right. We have those seeds in our heart, but, you know, we have to nurture, nurture that energy and we can nurture it by gently watering it, you know, or we can also nurture it by fanning you know, the flames of our heart and igniting it. It depends on, you know, what you're creating or what, what energy you're looking to bring in. But the whole point is we want to be more heart-centered because that's where our, that's where our purpose lies. Would you call that our computers now? I mean, in a way, because we are, you know, mm -hmm. these, these DNA uh, computer system. And if we were robots, we would not have been given a heart. We would have been given something else. Yeah, and that's really interesting because most people would think of the brain, right, as our storage system. But I think you're right. You know, our our hard disk is our heart. You know, the intelligence yeah, is the heart. Right. We're learning more and more that that intelligence is is so valuable. You know, because that's what that's where you make creative business decisions, right? That's where you make creative. You know, creativity just doesn't necessarily have to be about the arts. Right. I right. mean, we're seeking creative outcomes, you know, even in negotiations. If we were tapping into these energies with our countries, right, and tapping into our heart's energy and looking for creative outcomes out of the box, you know, that happens in the heart. You know, and even in IBM, when Bill Gates and all those guys were forming a very, you know, computerized business. Empire. An empire, <laughs> right? Right. Um, they would take breaks and pick up their guitars. Really? Yes. The co-founder, um, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but it, they, they played guitars to kind of come into more into that creative state. You know, so they really acknowledge that that creativity opens up another side of our brain that allows us to be more imaginative in finding solutions. And, and Einstein as well. You know, when Einstein, um, you know, was at a, in a block and he felt like he had gone through everything, he, was a, he played piano and violin. And he would sit behind the piano, and this is in his memoirs, his daughter talked about it. She would hear him in the other room tinkering around, and then all of a sudden say, I got it. So, he was listening with his heart, which is the intelligence of the entire universe. Right, and he would always say, he would say that he didn't know where, where all those answers came from. And he also said that if he was, were to have been anything else other than a scientist, he would have been a musician. Oh, you know, I, I, that's musician. really cool. I didn't so know. So it's accessing the field. And that's one of the things, you know, that I feel if we're talking about like the blueprint of music, right? like why is music here? Why was it, why was it even created by a creator? Yeah. You know, and for me, it's it is to communicate. It is to access the higher realms 
and even uh, lethargically, you know, that's how it's used in, um, you know, in churches and synagogues. You know, the intent of it is in, in chanting, right? And toning. And toning. And, yes. and, you know, yeah. is to connect with the divine, you know. So I think, you know, we've lost a lot of that blueprint, you know, and I think that's, um, you know, that's part of my big mission is bringing that in and, and part of what you were called to do. Yes. As well, and why we aligned. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna say when you were talking about your, um, your niece too, is she was also connecting to your voice. Yes. You know, within yes. that music and how we harmonized. You know, and yes. I think, um, you know, that is a beautiful thing when two people can come together, each with their own unique gifts, and, you know, they create something new together that has a, a vibration uniquely of its own that neither one of us would have created. You know, individually. And this and this vibration that we created together in the trilogy a series that, that we did together was really on assignment from my mother who had passed over. And I remember being in my little apartment in in Norwich, Connecticut, and uh, it was uh, a day or two before Christmas and uh, my mother said, you know, get it, go, get into that New York, get into New York City and do this with Barry. This is a good thing. It was do, snowing, remember? It was remember. snowing. And, yeah. and, and I'm, and I'm saying, oh, well, I said to Barry, well, it's Christmas. He goes, well, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I'm going like, oh, okay. I'm going on. I'm saying to my mother, well, I've got a sore throat. She says, get off your butt and get in there and do this. Now she's been passed for a couple of years, but yeah. this, our intentions were about for hospice and for hospice families. Mm -hmm. And the whole bit, the whole thing about not being afraid to die. And the whole, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, even like coming here. I'm saying, well, I know for heaven's sakes, I know this is being guided to come here and be with you again. But back in 2005, I'm um, going into New York City. I'm th I'm saying, well, Mom, what do you what do you want me to do? What what should we talk about? And Barry goes, well, we'll just you know put the headphones on and listen to the music, and we'll come out. But before that, we met in a coffee shop mm -hmm. on Ninth Street, and it was called something or whatever. The Venus Diner. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Venus I Diner. Remember that, yeah. And so I started talking to you about. The story of my mother dying, <laughs> you know, and and the eight kids, you know, around the bed with a with their husband, my father, and and Barry goes, "That's the story, right? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> That's let's it. go, let's record it." <laughs> and the the check came three three dot thir thirty three dollars and thirty three cents, and we were like, "Okay." Oh my God, we had so many stories like that. I mean, <laughs> when we were creating, but I will tell you too for your listeners, you know, who don't have. The trilogy series that it's really an amazing um really series for hospice for caretakers but even for for people who are going through any health challenges as well you know and colleen just so bravely you know tells a story it's not easy to tell you know your story and record it you know and really in service of other people being able to listen to that and relate to it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had stories where people are like, oh, my God, I went through something similar. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, my mother just passed, and thank you so much. Or the pennies. You know, so many, yeah. Colleen has a beautiful story called Pennies from Heaven in there about how our loved ones from the other side send us, you know, pennies. And some people, they send dimes too, right? To, yes, yes. Or quarters. But, yes. Um, but it's their way of letting us know that they've made it, you know, um, they've made it and they're okay. Um, but it's such a, a beautiful series. And I think, you know, what's so awesome about it is 
you don't always have to know. And that's a big message too. You don't always have to know where you're going, you know, to just start your journey. And, and when you take a step forward and you, and you tell the universe or you tell God, whatever you want to call it, well, I'm moving forward. I can't wait anymore. Right. What yeah. happens is the universe comes in and go, okay, well, cool. How about if we walk with you? Yes. How yes. about if we're right by your side during this process and you're never let down? You know, it just keeps evolving and transforming, right? Until it's done, and then you know it's done. Uh, that uh, that piece until the until the no, until the right. next thing that until you the do. next chapter, right? To the next chapter. But the trilogy involves not only the story, uh, the the windfall of life, which is about my mother's death, but the mm-hmm. second one, the Merkaba, is the what we were talking about. This similar to. Uh, the meditation that you just did, bringing in the light, grounding your energy mm-hmm. and bringing in the light. And then the third uh, track, or the third um, uh, piece is about the drum, drumming, uh, the heartbeat, and going back to... And Yeshua, too. And Yeshua. Yeah. Yes, Yeshua. Yeah. yeah. It is an amazing thing to be here in Phoenix. I flew in for other reasons to visit some people and go to the botanical gardens you know, and what have you. But I was guided to take my take my tape recorder and really being uh, felt in my heart that I want to do the 13th podcast from Phoenix. But where, you know, and how? And so this is part of the trust. Mm-hmm. And this is the part of the love for oneself and the connection to the creator or the one who created us to begin with. To be here in several years later in the future listening to uh barry's music that is really wonderfully futuristic now (laughs) i love it and so we've come to this next pinnacle or to the next point um where we started from you know on these other levels all as i'll speak for myself all i had was my heart and Mm -hmm. my desire well you did as well that's what Mm -hmm. you wanted to do and because it was scripted, and it was there, it was uh, in co-creation. By asking the creator to to help with what you want to do, then it has evolved all all of this way. And I would imagine that you're going to be hearing more of this of Barry's music. You know, when you turn on the, the radio, couldn't we send some of these CDs to the White House there? Did you try that? Or you know? <laughs> <laughs> haven't tried it yet, but yeah. why not, right? Just send. It. They'll think it's another kind of package, right? No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even what we're talking about the White House and and all that. You know, music's a safe way to enter. You know, into all of our hearts. Yes. Because we all have musical. I won't say all, but I will say like ninety nine percent of us. You know, have music that connect us, relax us, inspire us, you know, and, and part of that is, um, you know, focusing that energy now into what I call creating musical programs, you know, and using the technology, you know, using our playlists, right, to shift our moods, you know, uh, to have our, our playlists represent the emotion of gratitude and have five songs that you love you know, that puts oh, you in a thankful state. Be your own iTunes. Uh, yeah, I call it becoming the DJ of your own life. You know, so why wait to have random experiences where music affects us in a profound way when we have this wonderful technology that is right, you know, in our phones. So if you're feeling depressed, 
you know, you have your antidepressant playlist, which, you know, like for me is oh. the Jackson 5, you know, the Love You Save or oh, really? or Earth, Wind & Fire, okay. you know, for someone else it might be completely different. But it's a great way to, you know, if our the White House, everybody had their playlist right, <laughs> to shift their moods, who knows what we'd get done in a day. All right. You know, oh so it doesn't have to all be, you know, what, as what we call healing music, you know, or new age music. That's you know, right. I think songs are very powerful as well, like the, on Eagle's Wings, right, for yes. you. Yes. Right? Yes. So we all have these songs that when we listen to them, it's hard for us to be in a contracted state, right? And we call them, you know, again, like we spend five minutes with our heart. What would happen if you played that song once a day, you know? Exactly. You know, right. um, in the midst of your challenges, you know, they become lifelines, not just songs. That's right. Lifeline, yeah. Lifelines. That's right. And it's like creators throwing us this lifeline and saying, here, you don't have to be down there. Hold on to this. You know, and right. one song could yeah. change your whole life. Because I love you and the, and the mm -hmm. love is unconditional and the love is eternal. And just like that, X. Xbox. Yes. That's great. Xbox, yes. The you are your own Xbox. Xbox yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so and and then to individualize that, it, it doesn't cost you anything, you know, yes. cost you exactly. thirty seconds or of your life or whatever. Um I say and, low cost, non invasive, <laughs> non pharmacological, right? right? I mean, that's where we're going. So right. we really it's exciting that we can create what I call musical prescriptions, you know, for ourselves. And that's where it's going, you know, and I think, um, you know, we're doing more research. I'm talking to more at medical conferences and, and at more um, cancer summits. And we're, we're really starting to understand the power of music, sound and vibration. I mean, there are studies with drumming now, Colleen, really? that are show how drumming can um, can be really great for Parkinson's patients because in Parkinson's. There's, um, you know, with rhythm, it's hard for them to move into a gait or a rhythm response okay. because their um, their basal ganglia, which is our rhythm center, that's what creates yeah. where our rhythm centers yeah. are, are not 100% there. So drumming circles are really great with Parkinson patients, and they're doing studies on this. Well, so, you know, and I have my own teepee. Oh, boy, that was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> so a chakra teepee. Now, is your music out there? If I walked into the San Diego Children's Hospital or someplace here, whatever, I did that, by the way, one time in Scottsdale. And you heard it, yeah. <laughs> I heard the, your Ambiology series years ago. I was so proud, you know. Yeah. I was so proud. I went like, it's piped in, <laughs> and it's on the streets of Scottsdale, Arizona. And yeah. this was many years ago. Tell us, tell us where you are, where you're at now, what you're doing, what's the latest thing, and what's happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for me, collaboration has always really been important. So I think um, the saying, it takes a village, you know, to to get things out there and you know to create something that is going to reach a lot of people. So I'm always looking for collaborations. Um, I've been lucky enough through my path to um, resonate with a lot of. You know, people who are viewed as new thought leaders out there. Um, I just finished a project with Dr. Daniel Amen. Um, how do you say? Amen, like just like A M E N. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Dr. Amen's work is amazing. He really pioneered um, the ability for us to look at the organ of our brain. So he's a psychiatrist, and his whole thing is, is psychiatry is the only 
modality that's not really looking at the organ that's affected, right? So, you know, mostly we're prescribing from what we think is going to work for an individual, and it's, a lot of it's based on side effects. So something is deemed successful if there's not a lot of side effects to it for antidepressants, antipsychotics, ADHD, all of those. So his whole thing was we need to look at the human brain and see why that is occurring and what's the best pathway for it. So he was um, in 2015 was in Discover Magazine for one of the um, most innovative approaches to looking at the brain, which was called SpecScan. And um, so our program actually um, launched a week ago. And what's, what's awesome, and you'll love this, is, you know, it's hitting mainstream. We, we, are, um, we hit Billboard's top 10 new age albums with our newest CD and our last CD this week. No kidding. And so, what's the CD called? Uh, one of them is called Feel Better Fast and Make It Last music program. And the other one is called Bright Minds music program bright minds music yeah. program okay. so um yeah and so it's really you know i think it's it's that resonance in the time we're in now people are looking for these um, ways to utilize music there's four pieces on it one's for um shifting and elevating your mood one is for focus one's for um stress reduction and the other one's for going to sleep at night so um, and there's know, a lot of people that would be looking for that. Absolutely. Sleep is sleep such a, a, you know, for anyone who's going through illness or any challenges in their family or, or just too much everything. on their plate. Yeah, too much activity <laughs> in the brain, you know, so th this is all geared towards um, allowing us a bridge, which is how I look at music. You know, Edgar Casey talked about music being the bridge. And that's how I think of music. It's like we're all different. If you ask yourself the question, where am I now? right, in terms of my emotional, spiritual, physical state, where do I want to go, and what piece of music will take me there, then you can create transformation in your life any time with music. That's right. So, That's right. Um, so yeah, and, you know, I'm working with Anita Morjani, I think I told you that, who's yes. an amazing, um, amazing teacher, and she was Wayne Dyer's protege, and had a, such a beautiful person, she yeah. really is. Um, yes. And so authentic. Um, and she's flowing and evolving and moving. And yeah. how many times can you tell your story over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. But she, she, she did that for a long while, and then she's moving out of that. You can tell your story now in two two minutes or what mm -hmm. have you. And then the other, uh, the other part of her, uh, where she wants to go, her intentions, is what everybody is looking is is needing now. Yeah, and one of her biggest lessons was authenticity. You know, That's so right. she's bringing back those lessons, you know, from, and, and there's so many layers of her near-death experience that, you know, exactly, you're telling your story, but now she's implementing and then of, of teaching people how to use their hearts more, how to become more authentic, how to stop being a people pleaser, right? How to move out of fear. Right. So how uh, to be em empathetic and yet, uh, you know, grounded in uh, right, setting boundaries. Yes. The heart doesn't have to always be soft and mushy, <laughs> you know, it, and fall apart at every every little right, thing. It can be courageous, happened. too. And, you know, it can be that passionate heart, you know, that that wants to, you know, wants to let people Express know itself. that's right, yes. what it's here to do and not diminish itself because of somebody else. So it's also about creating boundaries. 
And the way to do that is to be still and know that I am or know that I am God. Or mm -hmm. there's many, like, especially through music. I wouldn't have come to this planet if there wasn't any music on it. Right. I mean, you know, I love, there's a few planets out there. I don't, you know, I'm sure they have music, but I, I would not have come. I'm not going to any planets. It has no music. <laughs> That's good. You got to set boundaries. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. Step boundaries. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. as the veil lifts and as the apocalypse or the apocalyptic veil lifts, we are beginning to hear and see, you know, other um, sights and sounds even within ourselves. If we shut down the, you know, the, the noise level and, and, you know, all the stuff that's coming in that we don't need, how all the, the news programs or things that we don't that's that's that bubble over there yeah you know we have to know that we are our own hologram we are connected to the stars we have to look up once in a while we've got to put our feet on the, mm -hmm. the grass or the you know in the water or you know ground magnetically we've got to be quiet and we have to listen to your music and listen to my voice no, absolutely music. absolutely and yeah and that's you know we listen to inspiring bodies of work you know um, so yeah that's where I'm going um, I've also had the blessing to work with Dr. Joe Dispenza who's yes. an amazing I mean I think he is one of the most prolific teachers out there you know especially in what we're talking about as well which is connecting to that void and that field of all possibilities the unknown where he you know he says becoming nobody no thing no time right in no place and at the same time becoming everybody everything every time in every place, you know? So it's about going out there, you know, and connecting to that field of unlimited possibilities so that we can come back here, right? Into our physical and bring forth whatever it is we're, we're here to do. I so. wonder why uh, the kids today have so much more on their plates. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're, they're inundated and I feel like um, to help save that generation or help work, try to get them, you know, entrained into another, n another way of, of thinking and, and being that they could connect to something, uh, their, their hearts through, through music. So what else could they do, um, Barry, beside the Xbox? <laughs> besides the xbox i mean i think a lot of these kids are connecting you know with music you know i think that inherently there's an instinct to to do that for them but i think some of the problem lies within the parents to be honest with you you know we're talking about a generation of parents that were brought up you know do this the task task-minded right, uh, task-minded and also working you know not a um you know and i'm not bad mathing a generation but i'm just saying they didn't quite have the emotional tools you know to teach their kids you know we we're seeing more and more um drugs used you know for emotional issues within children or within themselves and you know, suicidal so a, thoughts yeah. that you would not even think would come could come from that that person right you know. and i'm not saying that the, yeah. those don't have their place you know they're needed um for certain conditions and certain imbalances but at the same time there weren't a, a ton of coping mechanisms that were taught where they would say well this is meditation and how about if we try this before that and see if it works Right. And then if it doesn't, we can always we can always try this. So I think that um, we're handing that down to generations um, as well in, in terms of that 
there's there's not a lot of coping mechanisms being taught and a lot of these kids are learning it when they're getting older you know they're discovering yoga right and they're discovering shamanism and you know so I, I think it's like any generation really you know we have our parents his belief in ancestral patterns that are passed down to us right yes. and then we have to find our own way right. you know and I think some of these kids are amazing and they are finding their own way and they're creating you know our next cures for this and that or our next waves of technology um but i think yeah there is you know there, there needs to be more teaching um and more of a bridge between generations that where we can all share like forums like this you know where you know we're not seniors seniors and retiring yet you know we're in our senior approaching our senior years but we're young enough to still have a pulse of what, you know, what is going on and what can, some of the ways that we can face and cope with, um, with challenges. Well, they certainly know the technological field, you know, much better. And that, it took me um, a little while, it's going to take me a little while longer <laughs> to, to understand that a little bit better and integrate that because they can, they, they live with their laptops and cell phones and they can connect, you know, that way. But like you said, there is, there's a balance. There is a balance. They need to get out of nature more, you know, and so do so do some, you know, people in our age right. know, category. We need to, all of us need to reconnect with nature and put our feet on the earth and, you know, listen to the sounds of of the, the wind and, you know, the, the symphony that God's provided to us, you know, is just an unbelievable way to renew and, and rejuvenate and regenerate ourselves, you know? So that's another great way, you know? Yeah. So we have the X factor and <laughs> then uh, we have the factor of just, you know, surrendering to our environment and getting out, you know, getting out more. Um, and trying more. different things as well, mm -hmm. you know, making, making time for that. But um, so how would people uh, connect with you? What do you have a new website now? No, I mean my website is barrygoldsteinmusic.com. It's easy to find. Um, you know, my music is easily found on iTunes and Amazon and CD Baby and my website. And yeah, I, I try to make it easy for people to connect. Right. You know, with what I'm doing. Whenever so. I mentioned your name in the past, I said, "Oh, I had this. I had this great friend, and went into his recording studio in New York City, and and everybody would say, I think I know him. I heard that name, Barry Goldstein, right? Because that you know just seems to be a universal name in a way. Barry Goldstein. Yeah, I think I know him. I swear to you, Barry. Yeah. Everyone I ever talked to, I think I know. I think I know who that person is. Yeah, I'm the best kept secret, you know. <laughs> and, uh, well, you're going, <laughs> it's going further. Now, you've got some other CDs here uh, that are about pets, pet waves. And tell us about the, your creation with your music and pet waves. I'm looking at two. One is a, got a picture of Woody here on the front cover. Who's and the with other us right is now. with us. And who is this cat? The cat is a friend of mine's cat. Okay. Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, but yeah, the one that was uh, initially created f for Woody um, was based on a lot of people told me that their pets loved my Ambiology series. Like whenever they would put, put it on, their pets would like turn over on their stomach or their cats would just like close their eyes. And, you know, uh, someone I knew had um, their dog was very challenged and they used my Ambiology series to help their dog pass. And they would 
That's put fantastic. It, keep it on in their kitchen, and their dog would scratch at their door every morning for them to play their CD player in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, my God. So I said, you know, I think it's time to create something specifically um, that would work with animals. And initially, it was, was dogs. Um, and I think I was telling you, my wife met Woody at um, a television show she was on, she's a naturopathic medical doctor, and Woody was the next guest, and they were trying to get people to adopt, um, you know, animals. Yeah, you, buddy, you were talking about. Um, and Woody so was the next guest, but... He was the next guest, because so they were using, because he was so cute, to get people to adopt, and so I said to Denise, she, she called me up, we need to adopt Woody, because uh, his name was, he was already named Woody. Uh, and I said, oh, we lived in a, a thousand square foot condo. We're both traveling all the time. I said, you know what? Someone's going to adopt him. Because, he, you know, look at him. He's beautiful, you know? I said, but let's check back. If no one's adopted him in two weeks, you know, we'll go and, and check him out. Because I wanted to make sure he liked music. <laughs> Before we brought him into, you know, a recording studio. Well, he's under your piano here. <laughs> he, he loves music. But I went with a boombox, Colleen. Oh, gosh. With, like, Sly, Sly and the Family Stone. And I went oh, with all did. kinds of music. Oh, and, oh. you know, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, he was, okay, you know, take me home, I'm ready. And so um, I had started composing some music. And then when we knew we were going to, going to adopt him, I kind of finished the, the piece for him to come home to. And when we played it for him um, in the studio, he went belly up. Like, and this is like being in our house for like a half an hour. You know, he went belly up, which is the trust position. And that's after being, you know, in the Humane Society, you know, in a kennel environment. So, and he adjusted very quickly. So, um, you know, we used it as a bonding experience because um, when you can move into that relaxed state, together, you know, and play the music together, um, then it creates a bonding experience. And we so we started playing the music when we were all present. We'd pet him, just like we're doing now. <laughs> I think he show, wants to say something. <laughs> show, show him a lot of love. And yes. then when we'd leave the house, we would we would play the music. So, and he's licking Kelly. <laughs> I know, he, just <laughs> he knows we're talking about him. He's very smart. <laughs> Do you want to say something? Go ahead. Say something. <laughs> now, now he's quiet. So, um, and then I created a second series for cats, which is um, also very cool. So the dog series is um, the the frequencies are a little bit lower than our normal frequencies. There's not a lot of percussive, like a lot of people are using piano and classical music for dogs. Um, I like using things that are not going to be percussive or that have a lot of um, impact. So I use softer tones. Um, because their ears are more sensitive yes. and slower and lower. So it's um, their heart rate's not exactly the same as our heart rates. So I'm using um, slower, some slower rhythms to move them into a relaxed state and also um, lower, lower frequencies. And then with cats, their, you know, their um, heart rates are much faster than ours. But um, I read some research that was done on cats and it showed that the frequency of, um, of a cat's purr are geared towards the same frequencies that are associated with with bone healing. So, bone healing? Bone healing, yeah. So, wow. um, you know, a lot of these devices that are TENS devices, oh, right, and PMF, yeah. they're using frequencies that are uh, 
you know, working with healing bones. So it, it makes sense though, cats are always jumping and they say the cats have nine lives. Their purr um, is said to be very healing. So I incorporated an actual purr um, in the pieces and harmonize the music with the purr. So, you know, some, some people say cats are kind of indifferent, you know, to things. So it creates a curiosity, you know, within the music where they, they can resonate with something that starts with their own sound. And it's also, yes. um, yeah. you know, both of these are, are just starting to reach out now. They're being used in kennels um, and they're being used in, in spaces where, you know, cats and dogs, there's so many of them in one place where they really need to, you know, be calm, calm down, calm down yeah. and less anxiety, you know, and, and separation connect, anxiety. Also connect to their heavenly world as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people and their pets. I mean, you know, people need their pets. Barry, I cannot tell you how, just uh, how God works, you know, in these days and he times. Does. Your decomposition book <laughs> and uh, 13 on the 13. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just been incredible. You look exactly the same as you did so 12 you. years ago. So do you. You look awesome. <laughs> you look beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And you do as well. And I, I just want to wish you the, the best of the best. And now that it's dark out and Phoenix is known for its stars and, you know, all of that, should we go out and try the Xbox and, yeah, uh, with, with Woody? What? You want to call? You want to call? <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. So well, we have uh, the universe is calling to us. And... Yep. And thank <laughs> so you, Barry. Go. I love you so much. I am I so <laughs> happy to see you after all Me these too. years. And, and thank you for these podcasts and sharing, you know, sharing your wisdom and sharing people's work and... You know, people need to know about your work and what you're doing as well. So, um, you know, go to Colleen's website, <laughs> go to yeah. look at what she's doing. She's an amazing sound healer, but she's a, you know, Colleen's a wisdom keeper. So well, thank you, Barry. I... She is. And she's, um, you know, she's very connected to, um, to her own heart and her own mission. So um, support her and her journey as well. Thank you. When I gave up my healing center, I didn't know where I was going, but these podcasts have been a saving grace, and I've known my whole life that my voice was to to lend itself to the to the healing of the, the universe and my own heart and my own <laughs> life. And so I went like, okay, God, I'll just go wherever you want to go, and I have been all over this country, including Costa Rica, and these podcasts are just they're amazing and they're they're wonderful and they just come they just come a lot of the stars they just come you know it's yeah. just, there's just not a program for them just as a just as there wasn't a script for the the time that I recorded in your in your recording studio I yeah. had no script to work with only your music well it wouldn't be any fun if we had all the answers right <laughs> <laughs> oh good okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you Barry and I encourage you all to if you want to be transposed in 30 seconds just listen to some of his music and go deep within your own loving heart and journey you are not alone here you do not walk alone here we certainly both know that we have been working for on this earth plane for a long time and it's almost like for myself being reinvented again built on the foundation that i built the intentions and God just says, let's let's go, keep going. I think there's a few books about that, you know. Let's do this. Let's do this <laughs> and let's keep going. Thank you so much. And 
we love you, really do love you. We do. We know what that feels like, and we hope you do as well. And I am signing off from Phoenix, Arizona. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Woody. Breath, breath. No. <laughs> <laughs>